you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Tuesday. Getting into May, still breaking down the NFL draft. Obviously, the NBA playoffs continue to roll on. And if you are into dynasties, history, and those discussions tonight, should be fun as the Steph LeBron thing hits its next chapter. Game one of that series. We'll go back to last night and what happened in the NBA. Uh, we'll continue to break things down, as I mentioned, from the NFL draft, but also continue to look at some things on the college basketball front. Texas men's hoops and what's going on there. We'll even kind of peek ahead to the NBA draft on today's show. Lots going on. Let's get going. It's Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Chad, what it do? Feeling good on this Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well. Not as good as you, though, because now it's all starting to take form. Your Atlanta Falcons fandom is really starting to take shape. We're going to talk about a number for Bijan today, so it's all starting to come into focus for you. Interesting number that he took, too. You excited about that? I'm really excited. Yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. Um, we'll get into some Bijan talk. He's getting national love for um, you know, for being chosen by Atlanta. Now Atlanta's uh, figured out which number he's going to wear. We'll get into all of those things. We've got uh, the NFL update of Jordan Love. Uh, going to obviously be the Packers quarterback, but he gets an extension today. Oh! I, this is a confusing story to me. I'm trying to understand it. It is a one-year extension. So after this year, and he's making a little over $2 million this year, $2 million, two, three, whatever you want to say. Then next year, Zay, a fifth-year rookie option, if the team chose it, would have paid him like $20.3 million. Instead, they've worked this extension that gets him a little over $22 million. So the way Bill Barnwell has explained this is, he says, I'm surprised Love would take it. The fifth-year option was 20.3. Love took $6.8 million less in guarantees for the upside of earning $2.2 million more. So just like one of the guys in the office said to me, this really is kind of betting on yourself. I guess you could look at it that way. Betting on yourself long-term, maybe a little less guaranteed but you're getting more added on. So he's making $22.5 million next year instead of the $20 million. It does include $13.5 million fully guaranteed. So he is still going to be okay. It's not like he's making nothing. But anyway, Jordan Love and the Packers reach this deal. I, why wouldn't you get into the season and see how he plays? I, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, they have confidence in him. You know, they've been riding along this Jordan Love train for I don't know how long. They're not getting other quarterbacks during the Aaron Rodgers saga. So Yeah, now they did, you asked me, they did draft one. I'd forgotten. They took the Penn State kid, Clifford. Uh-oh. Like middle of the draft, uh, fifth round. Fifth round, Sean Clifford. Clifford got a little moxie. He, yeah. He's solid. He's all right. He's a solid Big Ten career. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean – Jordan Love, it's going to be an interesting season for him. I'm definitely going to be locked in on Green Bay Packers games because we know history shows the last person that waited his turn ended up being a Hall of Fame quarterback. Do I think Jordan Love will be that? Probably not, but the organization has a lot of confidence in him. 
We've seen the games that he's been in. He could do a little something-something, but can you do that with the full 18? Can you do that after you play a couple of games and now you're scouted and these defensive coordinators start taking mm-hmm. away your pros and we start seeing those cons? Well, you know, that's what we're really going to see in Jordan Love. Let me see you week four where you got a lot of film, right. you know, being seen and you come out there and you got to execute still. We'll see then. Plus, they don't got much talent there to begin with. Like, they still got a pretty good backfield of Jones and what's old boy, Dylan. But yeah, other, Dylan. other yeah. than that, their wide receiver, the best wide receiver, went to New York with Rodgers. Yeah, there's so many great stories, as always, in the NFL. But for me, watching the division that Brady is leaving and watching the division Aaron Rodgers is leaving will be two interesting stories to watch there, obviously. In an NFC that is not quarterback rich. The quarterbacks live in the AFC, and Rodgers is going to join them. So you've got that weird division with Tampa and Carolina and Atlanta and the Saints. Who's going to take that over? Derek Carr moves into that division and and some of those other stories. Baker Mayfield's in that division now. And then for this particular division, they, the Packers, are believing in love, obviously. And then you've got what the Lions are trying to do. Although they had that draft and confused a lot of people, yeah. And then of course you got Minnesota and the Bears. Uh, Bears changing yeah. some things at the top, and then Minnesota believing that now there's not a whole lot in Kirk Cousins' way of winning that division. They should be your favorite going into next year. Yeah, and I like the pickup Jordan Addison. We know he had a tough combine, mm-hmm. but when you lose Adam Thielen, which is now in his low 30s, and he's definitely lost a step or two, bringing a guy like Addison in who could do some things, winning awards for best wide receiver in the nation when he was at Pitt on the other side of Justin Jefferson, they're going to be pretty good still. I know Cook is on his last, what, bit of the contract. That's why people were thinking about could B. John Robinson go there if he fell to the Vikings up in that, what, later teens, early 20s? I don't remember right now, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's the Vikings to lose. And I... I don't know. I, I, check, I take that back. I think it's going to be a battle between Detroit and the Vikings. Vikings and Minnesota. Vikings yeah. and Minnesota. Uh, and, I mean, uh, and Detroit. Lions and Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably fair with what Dan Campbell and that crew did. Um, and and as, even as weird as the draft picks were, they obviously still have some talent there. Uh, so you got that NFL note to start the day. Also, before we get into last night's games, uh, this was quick, Zay. Um, we talked about Dylan Brooks yesterday, the worst villain in the NBA because he threatened to be a good villain and then just Went away and shut up. That's right. He's going to get a chance to redeem himself next year, baby. Comeback season. Dylan Brooks. Memphis Grizzlies. But uh, apparently that's already done. They've already decided. What? Like the GM the other day was saying they were going to take a look at things and they didn't know. They have a, I don't know, what is it, team option or he's a free agent after the season. Right? Not option. He's a free agent after the season. And now they've already told us that he's not part of the plan? Mm. Is that? Life comes at you fast. Whew. Man, life comes at you real fast. So Dylan Brooks will not be back with Memphis. You talked about what he means to a team, what he brings to a locker room, and it's that, you know, what, grief to dollar ratio, or in this case, grief to success ratio. He's not bringing you enough success to validate that grief. Does anybody want to take on Dylan Brooks after what he just showed us? Yeah, he's going to get a shot. It might not be a contender. He might have to work his way back up with a team that – has no aspirations of really making the playoffs, more like a team that's going to be in the lottery in 2024. That might be his best bet. But, yeah, like he's supposed to be a 3-and-D guy, but he doesn't make threes anymore. 
Like, and then you're just talking mess and not taking your responsibility for your actions by dodging the pressers and getting fined and stuff. Like, that, that, that sends a bad look to the Grizzlies, who already has problems with their star player. You ain't helping. Yeah. He needs nothing but positive energy. He needs a veteran that can take him under his wing. I'm talking about John Morant that could say, yo, bruh, you can't be doing nothing. We're going straight to the gym like that stupid commercial you have. You need to live that. You don't need to be doing all these other things. And guys like Dylan Brooks, they're not going to give Ja that. So he's dealing with his own problems, also not producing on the court. And then you got to deal with just the locker room. Yeah. And with, also with your star player, John Morant, he has his own issues. No, it's not good. Got to get rid of them. Start new. Good move by the Grizzlies. When I watch that John Morant commercial, my first thought is, if there were three John Morants and you could get one of them to shoot baskets, what would the other two be doing? Like in real life. That would be the, that's the scary part for the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies. Danger. Uh, right. That's, that's a little bit of danger. So Dylan Brooks won't be back with Memphis. We'll get to the L.A. Golden State Series. That gets started tonight. Last night, a couple of big wins. Denver goes up 2-0 on Phoenix and... The Philadelphia 76ers start the series with a 1-0 against Boston. Even without Embiid, they win it 119-115. And Zay, I don't know if we need to take credit for this or not, but I think we motivated James Harden enough to get the performance. My God, 45 last night. Vintage. Vintage James. Like we were talking about him yesterday, he had to have this type of game. With no Joel Embiid, of how he was acting during, in between the first round and the second round, being in Vegas, slapping brothers. You can't be doing that. He slapped you, his shot straight. <laughs> Man. Yo, about, he slapped the crap out of dude. Something about when he slapped that guy with the right hand, it really lined up his left Yo, hand. But now, that James that we saw yesterday, how locked in he was. After the game, Chad, they were celebrating stuff. He said, get your ass to the locker room. This ain't nothing. This only game one. This ain't nothing. We got three more games to win. Y'all get to the locker room. I'm locked in. I'd be looking at James like, James, relax. You were just in Vegas, bro. I know know you're on one right now. We appreciate the performance you put on. We appreciate it. But relax. We'll go to the locker room. Just relax. But, man, 17 for 30. The doo-wop crossovers. Doo-wop. Like, you know what I talk about? Brothers out there (sighs) dancing with the ball. Just between the legs. He hit Jalen Brown, which Jalen Brown's one of the best defenders in the league. With one of the nastiest crossovers between the legs a couple times just lulls you to sleep. You're waiting for him to make the move, and then all of a sudden it's so quick. Yep. If he gets that back and Joel comes back, Joel and B comes back, whether he's 100% or not, there's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Plus Tyrese Maxey, huge game by him. Malcolm Brogdon, tough turnover. Oh, man. Yeah, he's one of the smartest players in the league. That ends up being not the biggest moment of the game, but it was close. It was close. Jason Tatum came back on the other other end and got fouled, hit they those did. free throws, which led to the James Harden game-winning bucket. But, man, you're controlling the game at that point. And now the pressure's on. It's, that was a tough moment. But, yeah, if I'm the Boston Celtics, Joe Missoula, I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping at all. That's they got one. You got to come back the next game. You got to double double team James Moore. I don't think they expected James Harden to get back to that mode because against the right. Nets, against Brooklyn, he struggled. He only 17 points a game, eight assists. That ain't no 45. Right. He went seven of 14 from beyond the arc last night. Yeah. And, so, so they're they're playing him different. Plus. 
without Joel Embiid, how how are you scouting them? You know what I'm saying? Like how mm-hmm. it's it's just different. And I think they they really let up the Celtics in this game, and that lost them one. They really, I mean, just it's such such a disappointing loss for the Celtics. You shoot 59 percent at home and lose. 94% from the line. They weren't great from beyond the arc, but 39%, it should have been enough. The way they shot the ball, they were like 80-something percent in the first quarter and 60, 60-65% through that first half. And I thought the guys on TNT nailed it last night, Zay. It was way too close. Boston should have been thrashing them at the half. Yeah. And they just weren't. They weren't putting in all of the detailed work on the other end that it was going to take. Harden ends up with 45. By the way, real quick, back to that Maxi moment, the bad turnover. It was, you said it was Brogdon through the pass, right? Mm-hmm. That Maxi play. I'll be the old man real quick. Oh, here you go. That's a walk, right, Zay? I mean. Oh, yeah, of course. That's like three massive oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom. That's not like the pickup thing where I go watch it on a replay and I go, oh, no, 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 okay, that wasn't his first step. That was his first step. But this one? Come on, man. Yeah, it's a walk. I'm not going to lie. Just watching the NBA my whole life, that's just the norm for me. Wow. You can't call that. That's crazy. That is crazy. It wasn't as bad as like the one for that Kansas-Kansas State game a couple years ago where the dude took four steps. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. But, it, uh, yeah, that was funny. But, anyway, that ends up being a, obviously a huge, huge moment. And then when Harden comes back down and hits that last big three, and, and like you're talking about, some of that just hypnotic dribbling that you know he can go to the basket. You know he can do it. He loves to go get free throws. Do wop crossover, man. He takes contact really well. He is one of the, the the prettiest ugly shooters we've ever seen in terms of he can go into trash, he can go into a crowd and make it work. But when he's got you thinking of all that and then he pulls up and starts hitting those threes, that is tough to deal with. One thing that he struggled with over the course of his career with the NBA changing and going to so much analytics stuff and the three-point shot being such a focus, the three it's all threes and layups. Like D'Antoni and the Rockets, they kind of changed the way we looked at the league. Mm-hmm. And when the Rockets were just shooting nothing but threes or layups in the playoffs, you got to get back to the OG game, and that's mid-range jumpers and taking the bucket any way you could get it because the game changes. And some guys, they don't realize that. Some guys, they can't adjust to it. They struggle with that. And James Harden, he's been one of those guys. He's been one of those guys that during the regular season where they just let you score and nobody's really playing D and you're just talking about analytics. You're just hoisting up threes and trying to get layups. That's cool. And then the playoffs come around and it gets tight and the defense gets tougher and the refs start letting stuff go. And you try to play that same style, it never works. That's why those Rockets teams always lost. And Chris Paul getting hurt and a lot of other bad luck. But Mm -hmm. still, it was just hard for those teams to adjust, James Harden included. Last night, first three shots he made were all mid-range jumpers. Getting into the lane, body, shot. Getting into the lane, little spin move, body, pull up. All mid-range game. If he does that, if he swallows his pride and says... I need to get buckets any way I can, then he gets back even at this age and even at this point of his career losing the step, still being one of the best players in the world. Yeah, it's like he started channeling you know, his inner Kawhi Leonard or DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you right. can, yeah, look yeah, at you, that. And you know Tony's my dude, just met him. We talked about that, just met him uh-huh. at the yeah, that's right. uh, Steiner Ranch thing. That's my guy. But Tony, 
He needs to. He should have let them know. Yo, we gotta start taking these mid-range jumpers, and they never did that. Yeah, they never did that versus all those Warriors teams and the Clippers, etc. And it always haunted those Rocket squads. So Philly takes home court from Boston after Game One, and then last night it looked for a little while like Phoenix maybe was going to be able to uh, to to split with Denver, but Denver was able to get the win, ninety-seven. 87. Jokic went 39, 16, and 5. Say, if I'm Phoenix, this is the most painful part. The number to win this game was 98. I said yesterday, if they play a perfect game, how much are they going to have to score? 130? Because they don't want to go on the defensive side. This one required 98 to win it, and they couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't know if it's the altitude that's knocking them (laughs) off or we know they have no bench. And now Chris Paul, I don't think he'll be ready for game three. He hurt his groin around four minutes in the third quarter. And at age 38, with the history that Chris Paul has, I can't see him coming back. I I just don't. We know that he's hurt his groin in different series throughout his career. I remember – that Spurs, ah, Spurs fans, I know this hurts. Remember Chris Paul hit that game winner on the Clippers uh, when he was on the Clippers versus the Spurs. It was a game seven, and I think he missed a few games after that. I think it was against the Rockets their next series, but it was a groin injury. Mm-hmm. And this has kind of haunted him his whole career. And, you know, he was he kind of got a rhythm, too. Before he got hurt, Chris Paul was low-key getting into a rhythm, and they went up. And then, yep. then he got out the game, and the game completely shifted. The sh- it completely shifted to the Nuggets' favor. Back to DeAndre Ayton playing scared. Just and Monty Williams, you're not helping them either. Every time Nikola Jokic has the ball on the block, you got to double and just live with the results. That that's the playoffs. You got to take something away and just live with the results. It just is what it is. You're just gonna have to give up open jumpers to somebody because the Joker. I mean, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They might be Batman and Robin, but Batman and Robin still have Alfred. <laughs> Bat- Batman and Robin still had uh, Morgan Freeman handling uh, stuff. Remember Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman yeah, yeah, Morgan Freeman had the whips and all that stuff. Mr. Fox, the right. was yeah, that his yeah, name? Batman, yeah. Everybody's like, Batman was on. No, Batman had help, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they got a little bit of help from Aiton, but that 14, that 14 ain't nothing. ended up not being enough. He was the only other guy in double figures outside of Durant and Booker. Here's the other thing from the stat sheet that has to kill you, Zay, if you're Phoenix. They lost a game where Jamal Murray scored 10. 10. Joker was at 39. Now there was the Gordon 16 and the Caldwell uh, the the Caldwell Pope 14. Huge three that he hit last night too. Wait, another he's hitting finding some big threes and big moments. Yeah, it was 86-81 with 3 minutes to go and he hit that huge three and that was ball game. He went 4 for 4. <laughs> 4 for 4. The dude is finding big threes, but for Murray to have 10 and Phoenix still couldn't figure it out. That one's rough. Obviously, they got to go back and get a win here. But now it's 92% chance Denver wins. When you go up 2-0, it is pretty much done. Phoenix is in trouble. Denver's looking good. Joker is so skilled. And, again, Monty Williams, you got to double him. When he's on the block, you can't double him when he's on top of the uh, three-point line. That's insane. Or when he's at the free-throw line, he gets a lot of his points there. But DeAndre Ayton, you, you, you can't figure him out because – you don't want to guard him too close because he'll get into that post game, and he's way stronger than Aiden. We saw him just abuse him and get those easy jump hooks and layups, so you give him space, but then he hits threes on you. 
So now you have to go get closer. And then you know Monty ain't going to help you out. Like KD tried to come and help a couple of times and then got hit with a foul. And that goaltending by KD, bad call. That ball was still going up. These refs are so old. These guys are so athletic and so big and strong. Y'all got to understand that ball, even though it's over the rim and KD's hands over the rim, they're athletic. That's going to happen. It's still going up. That's a block. That was a huge point in the game. That's a that's yep. a block. He bl- Joker blows by Aiton, throws that float up. KD, great help side. Block. They called it a goaltend. I'm like, all right, whatever. Got to keep moving on. And they just couldn't, they couldn't adjust to that. Those type of things. Contavious Carwell Pope, that three he hit right after that. Jamal Murray hit one of his lone field goals of the game, that little step-back jumper, and that was it. And, yeah, like we said yesterday, Suns could get swept. Chris they Paul, really could. Chris Paul injuring that groin, that's not looking good at all. They could get swept, which Chris Paul, he's really just exercising out there anyway. He hit a couple of buckets here and there, but he's just getting cardio in. He ain't really helping that much. They, but just his presence, his IQ, yeah. that helps. They do not know for sure yet if he's going to be able to go in game two. They list, they called it a groin strain uh, in the game, but they, they're not, they don't know right now on game two. Uh, so we'll kind of keep uh, an eye out for that and uh, – uh, and double-check that NBA schedule. So tonight, you've got Miami and New York, and you've got that L.A. Golden State series getting started. We'll talk Lakers and uh, Warriors as <laughs> we move on through the show. Did you see James Harden's outfit? Yes. What'd you think? Oh, man. <laughs> it looked like uh it looked like a, like a, you know, a parachute jumper, like the flying squirrel suits. That's yeah, what it that, looked like to me. That made bell bottoms look crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, these NBA guys have been taunting us for years. And was it denim? Is it was it all denim too? I, I the whole know. fit. I like th- I know the Met Gala was yesterday, which a lot of celebrities were looking crazy. But wow, James, he was right there. He was right there in the craziness. Yeah, that was a wild outfit. That was wild. Did he get it in Vegas? We'll talk. That looks like a Vegas have. outfit. Yeah, probably did. He got it from a Cirque du Soleil performer. Like it ain't even cold no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a windbreaker, then it's like denim bell bottoms. I Oof, that is rough. But the windbreaker is fur. This is wild. Yeah, a, no, you could look at that outfit for an hour and not figure it out. I'll give him that credit. Uh, our man Chris Bennett on the text line says KD already getting blamed for what's happening to this Phoenix team. If you want to throw in something on the Specs text line, 337-3776. We will talk plenty of basketball. Also, some football to get into. Bijan finds out what his number's going to be. Interesting choice. Arthur Blank. We'll talk about that. Plus, Dion going off on the NFL. We haven't hit that story yet. We will do it. Coming up in the crab bag, I'll get you set for that XFL championship game. Let you know who's playing in San Antonio and who's looking for those second chances. And at 105, we'll talk some Texas men's basketball and look forward to the NBA draft with Keenan Womack of orangebloods.com. Get his thoughts on what's been going on with the Texas men's team, the good and the bad. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, getting started on a Tuesday. Headed to Scotland on this one. Bay City Rollers? Bay City Rollers. Saturday night. If yeah. you 
These dudes look like they're from Scotland. Uh-huh. If you have not seen the Mike Myers movie, So I Married an Axe Murderer, go check it out. This song will have new meaning for you. Bay City Rollers getting us started today. Also, um, on the musical front, let's throw a little R.I.P. to Gordon Lightfoot. A lot of people uh, are mourning the, that passing today. Famous singer, songwriter, dead at the age of 84. An incredible long life for Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, I always think of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald first. Somebody texted us about Sundown. It's one of their favorite songs. Gordon wrote songs for so many people over the years. Uh, I have some really good friends that are Michigan folks, and when you are from that part of the world, Gordon Lightfoot, the Canadian legend, he's big time up there. Man, they 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 worship the guy. So um, rest in peace to the great Gordon Lightfoot, dead at the age of 84 today on the musical front. Speaking of music, Aerosmith coming to town with the Black Crows live at Moody Center October 23rd. Remember, tickets are on sale this Friday, but you can win now on the contest page at hornfm.com. I told you we'd have a chance for you. Get on there and check it out, hornfm.com. Win those tickets before you can buy them. You'll get a chance to uh, get in the drawing there at hornfm.com. Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday. We were just talking some basketball. Let's get into some football here. I hadn't heard this story, Zay, when I walked in, but I am a big fan, as everybody knows, of the jerseys, the uniforms, and how everything you know plays out there in the world of football. And one of the big things when you become the draft pick in the NFL, got to figure out what your number is. So B. John Robinson headed to Hotlanta trying to figure out what his number's going to be. Bijan figures, well, let me check on that five because I made five look pretty good in burnt orange. There's a problem. His name is Drake London. Yeah. He's a badass, and he's their number one pick last year. You can't ask a dude that quickly, a first-round pick, to give it up. If he was their sixth-round pick, it would have been different. So at that point, Drake London's like, no, no, I'm five. Yeah, I guess the pitch Bijan said, look, Drake, you could get an endless amount of mustard. If yeah. you just give me that number. Right, yeah. I'm, so, like, uh, I'm more of a Mayo guy. So instead of like leaving the five and maybe adding a two or looking at something, you know, another number, he's going to stay single digit, but B. John Robinson's going to wear seven, kids. So seven at the moment was being worn by their kicker, Young Ho Koo. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to switch numbers and he's going to give Bijan this number. First thing I thought of when I heard seven in Atlanta, that's Michael Vick's number. Yeah. So, Michael Vick, there are still Falcons fans walking to games, I'm sure, wearing seven Vick jerseys. Oh, absolutely. They still love the guy on some level. He was their, you know, he was their stud for a while. We all know, you know, kind of what happened and how everything fell apart for him uh, in Atlanta. But uh, that number still has certain meaning. They obviously didn't retire it. Because of, I don't even know if Atlanta does do the retired number or just does a... Clearly not. Or giving it the freaking kickers. Well, just a... yeah, So disrespectful. Just a ring of honor thing or whatever. That is a weird move in and of itself. That's mad. I'm kind of... I love Bijan, but I think this is a little... I don't know. The fact that Koo was wearing the number is weird. Like, Koo, ain't no way you just... Bijan at least deserves it because greats should get other greats' numbers. Kind of like the Playmaker, C.D. Lamb situation. But... So a kicker? So this one now, yeah, this is this is fascinating to me, trying to sort of reclaim the seven. So now you're going to have people walking in with seven Vic jerseys and seven Robinson jerseys. 
Yeah. And, and theoretically, seven coup jerseys. Stop. Nobody bought that. Come no, on. ain't no way. Other than his family, nobody yeah, no. bought You're right. that. That didn't happen. Uh, and they've already done a little mock-up um, when they sent it out on Twitter to announce it and said there's just something about that number seven. And they've mocked Bijan up in the black and red with the new fa- that new silver face Ooh, mask and clean. everything. He's looking sharp. It's clean. He's Those looking sharp. are clean. I love Falcons colors. But I'm going to tell you. It's good. Having watched the whole era happen, it's going to take a little while before I get used to anybody in that uniform on offense wearing seven that ain't Mike Vick. Yeah, because you know these last few years, nobody watching Falcons football. We just aren't. Yeah. You peek in on red zone every once in a while, see if Kyle Pitts is getting anybody any fantasy points. But nobody was watching the NFC South this year. It was terrible. So I had no idea that the kicker was rocking seven. And – Arthur Blank, you should be ashamed of yourself for doing that. Like Mike Vick, I don't care if he's a felon or not, he deserves way more than this. Like he did his time, he paid for it that way. Nobody should be rocking seven for what he did those few years he was in Atlanta. Even Bijan. I love Bijan Robinson. We could have found a different number for him. Yeah. We, we could have. He deserves any number, but I think Mike Vick deserves that respect. That's where I'm going with it. And yeah. clearly, he doesn't get that in that line. Yeah, and it's interesting. We're getting texts in. Somebody saying, you know, it's not a running back number. It's a quarterback number. And I agree with you in in theory. But remember, the NFL has relaxed those rules these last few years and decided that they're going to let skill guys, running backs, receivers, defensive backs, go single digits if they want to. Go into, you know, more interesting number choices. And if you wanted to go, you know, Michael Irvin in college, I think they may even let you do that. He rocked 40, 47. 47 at Miami. So I think they're going to let you, you know, do those things. So this one will take a little bit to get used to. But if you're interested, and I know Zay is, so we bring this up mainly for Zay's closet because you're going to probably end up with one of these jerseys, jerseys, something. Yeah. So are you comfortable with a seven Robinson? You ready to go? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. B. John Robinson, he's going to sell a ton of merch. We know his face is just going to light up the TV. I can't wait to see him in commercials and stuff. That's coming very soon. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that's coming yeah. very soon. And especially the, the Atlanta culture. The Atlanta culture is so unique and they're very prideful and they're, they're going to embrace them. They really, they're really gonna embrace them, especially mm-hmm. with the you know black culture that they have down there and the positive aspects. Bijan and his faith that's gonna tie together, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I think it's a perfect match in that aspect. Just they're an up and coming team. We have no idea what Desmond Ritter is gonna be. Y'all know how I feel. Don't get me started. Week six, shoot, week four, Desmond, you gotta tell week four mm-hmm. to show us something, and if you don't. You know who behind you. Yeah, you're saying now, there should be a quarterback behind. To be honest, if you're Arthur Smith, the smart thing to do is just say, "I have no idea what's going to happen. We'll see in camp." Yeah, my question to you is: Are you going to buy your Heineke jersey first? Yeah, that's that might be an issue. That that, that might be an issue. It's going to be hard when I look at that Taylor Heineke jersey uh-huh. and see Bijan right next to it. It's going to be hard to choose. I'll probably pick Bijan because they'll be more available. They go sleep on Taylor just like everybody does. They're going to sleep on him. They want to believe in Desmond Ritter. He got picked high, so they have no choice in that way. But we know, Chad, the locker room tells you who the starter should be. And we know Taylor Heineke, there's something about him. He might not have all the talent, but he has a weird it factor that everybody just loves and embraces. Will he throw a turnover a game? Yeah. Will he (laughs) might fumble that thing and it might turn to a touchdown? Yeah. 
Those very possible. I wouldn't tell that to the locker room. Um, though. You know, but you just gotta know, that. bro. You gotta be realistic. Keep that off to you the side. You gotta be realistic. Yeah. But shoot, there's a Ritter. You better have, be, have, be on your A game. By the way, if you're gonna get your Heineke jersey, from what I'm seeing here, you'll, that'll be a single digit too. That's four Ugh, for Taylor Heineke. Fire. Yeah. Four for Heineke. Uh, seven for Bijan Robinson in Atlanta. All right. Um, but real quick before we hit this break, uh, Deion Sanders. Still making comments. There was a lot of positive Dion for a while. Now we're getting into kind of the other side of Dion, where he mm. seems to be getting ripped for stuff. So what's he getting? No, wait. Is it he? Is he criticizing or is he getting criticized here? I can't. I can't keep it all straight. He's criticizing. Okay. He's after the NFL here, right? Yep. He said it is a shame that only one HBCU player was drafted in this year's 2023 draft, and that was Jackson State Isaiah Bolden. Um, <laughs> you know, Dion. Feeling a little Steve Jobsy, feeling a little, you know, Elon Musky. This is rich. <laughs> you left HBCUs because of the resources, or should I say, lack thereof. But could he just be? Maybe he's just too close to it these last couple of years. Yes, that right? is That's exactly it. what it is. That's it. He's been in the. He's been in the forest of. He's been in the forest of the HBCU. He's been noticing all those all those trees up close. And he's not thinking of it as the total package. Now he's backed up thinking, wait a minute, I just saw all that great stuff for a couple years and it's just one guy? Then why don't you have nothing but HBCU players going to Colorado then? Mm. If that's the case, mm. if that's the case, if you, if they sleeping on all this talent right. that you're talking about, then you should have all the people that you lost because you need cats. You need yeah. people on the roster. He all is taking play- a few. He's oh, taking a few with him. You better take more because apparently there's all this talent out there, huh? A lot of guys leaving in Boulder, too. A lot of guys yeah. leaving. Uh-huh. So, hey, that means you should go to all these HBCUs, Preview, Texas Southern, Grambling, Jackson State. Howard, all of them. Go to them all and find the best players if they are this NFL future talents and put them on your roster. It should be that easy. You shouldn't be tripping all the people giving you all this crap about you losing guys and stuff and you talking about people not having the right socks on and you kicking them out of practice. And, you know, as you could get rid of that if you just bring all this air quote talent from this HBC. I know there's talent there, but. Now, Dion comes from the NFL. Let's respect it more. You know that there's scouts out here. They're going to find you if you're good enough. They're going to find you because their jobs are on the line. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? Yeah, that's a that's a wild comment, man. Dion- and, you know, I don't want to be racial. I, don't ho- I hope he's not being racial because that he could easily go that route. He could easily go, but then you look at the NFL. Everybody black in the NFL besides your quarterbacks and kickers. So you can't really say that. I just... I don't know where he's going with this, and it's very odd that he said something. And as three of the top four paid quarterbacks in the league will tell you, sometimes those are black too. Yeah. So where's what does this mean? Do you just want to talk because you're Deion Sanders? Like, well, well yes. <laughs> that, that's just what it is? That is always part of it. <laughs> okay. You remember that? that? Okay, that's just what it is. Because you got to so. remember, one of the things he's got to bring to Boulder if this thing's going to turn is noise and attention and circus and drama. He's got to do that. He's got to inject it with some energy. It's just that that energy has gone from a positive to kind of the negative side of it now. 
It just feels like the energy has gotten a little stale. He's going to have to, and he'll reinvent. He's Dion. He'll go. I'm sure it'll be up and down. I'm sure it'll be a roller coaster of energy. But right now, it's kind of on that low end to me. This is a little bit of more of the little, I don't know, a little cloudier energy for him, where it just feels like instead of him being that story everybody's looking for, and he's smiling and having a great time and being that energetic Dion, it's a little bit of that lower energy, and this feels like some weirdly placed angry energy. Well, be yourself. You know, like we know Dion is just his own type of character, but even he could be a little bit much. When you come in with the cowboy hat and stuff like that, like that ain't you. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I get you're trying to embrace the culture in Boulder. I completely get that. Shout out to my guy, Derek, who went to Colorado outside. Mm -hmm. Like, but, you know, it's sometimes it could be a little much. And right now he's doing a lot and it's not positive. It's not. Like saying this, when you come from the NFL, like not everybody's going to be Jerry Rice coming from Mississippi Valley. <laughs> like that's not – and they found him in the 80s. Right, Walter Payton. Jackson Walter State. Payton. They're yeah. going to find you if yeah. you're good enough. Yeah. So this statement, unnecessary. Sounds weird. Yeah, this text says it's so hypocritical coming from a dude who dipped from an HBU instead of raising it up. Uh, all right, so I think a lot of people are going to have that angle on Dion. We'll keep watching the Colorado story there uh, with Dion coming up in his first year. Coming up at 105, Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com. We'll talk to him about the very latest with Texas men's basketball. What did he think of the Ron Holland um, situation? Where does he think Ron Holland will end up? Plus, we'll ask him about Arterial Morris heading to Kansas and get some thoughts on this upcoming NBA draft. Does he see Dylan Mitchell getting drafted in this next draft? We'll talk to him about that. Up next in the crap bag, the XFL championship game is set. I'll let you know who's going to San Antonio, including a guy that'll connect back around to an Aggie joke I know a lot of you Longhorns like to make. It's a joke the Aggies wrote themselves. I'll tell you who it is next on the Horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, there he is. There he is. Another band I think that's out there on tour this year for one final time. Speaking of a band that does the final run multiple times, Kiss and Dr. Love. Calling Dr. Love, right? Calling Dr. Love. Sorry, calling Dr. Love. What version of Kiss is this? Ah, so this is old school. This would be, yeah, this is the old school first run kiss. This is in makeup, back in the day, original lineup. Paul, Gene, Peter, Chris, Ace Fraley, way back. Okay. 70s. This is early to mid-70s, if I had to guess. Um, Dr. Love is, calling Dr. Love is probably on Rock and Roll Over. There we go. Is that right? Yeah, good job. There it is. Weird things you know sometimes. No, I was, hey, I was the perfect age to be a big-time Kiss fan for uh, for a good part of the childhood. So it happens. I've seen Kiss a few times, uh, and they're back out there. There's a lot of bands getting out there. Uh, maybe one last time or uh, still getting the tours going. And remember, hit uh, hornfm.com if you're interested in those Aerosmith tickets. Also, coming up a little later in the show, 
Our man Bucky Godbolt has told us he's got one spot that just became open uh, at the Mullet Open for Friday. We're going to give that away in the 2 o'clock hour. So be listening in our 2 o'clock hour if you can play golf on Friday out there at uh, the beautiful Hyatt Lost Pines in Bastrop. We're going to be doing the show out there on Friday as well. Bucky and Aaron's show, our show, and we've learned today, Ball Don't Lie will also be out there Nice at uh, at the golf event on Friday. So there's a spot available. We'll tell you how you can get in there if you, uh, if you can do it in the 2 o'clock hour. Also, we want to remind you the Horns Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, is on the move, and they are checking out the uh, Onion Creek Club, uh, founded in 1974, our own Aaron Hogan, Omar Uresti, and Charlie Wilson from Callahan's General Store out there telling you all about the course, showing you around the Horn Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, spotlights Onion Creek Club at hornfm.com. All right, let's get into the crap bag here, and I'll tell you who's headed to San Antonio to get a second chance. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. So this past weekend, we figured out who's in the XFL championship game. I know there's a lot going on, so I'm just filling everybody in. I get it. I have had time trouble sometimes peeking in on the XFL and trying to follow things. But we do have a Texas team in the championship. It's Arlington and Bob Stoops. The Arlington Renegades went 4-6 and six on the season. So there's a little weirdness here with the XFL. I know what they did, though. They have three teams in Texas, and they already knew the championship game was in San Antonio. So by making it a division winner on one side, the two best in the division play for the title, two best in the division on the other side, by doing it that way, you get a chance that two Texas teams could play for the South Division, which they did, and then Arlington beat Houston, uh, even though Houston had already beaten them twice, couldn't beat them a third time. So Arlington's in with a 5-6 and six record. That sounds kind of weird, I know. Uh, that's not terrific. Uh, what they should have probably done if they went just pure records is that you had Seattle, uh, D.C., and St. Louis all with uh, winning records in the North but they decided to set it up with the division standpoint, and I get it. Cause By the way, Rocky. They're hubbed in uh, in Arlington as well, so kind of makes sense, I guess, with what The Rock and uh, and Danny Garcia were thinking. But D.C. is the other team. The D.C. defenders are 9-1 and one on the regular season. Then they beat Seattle in the semi, so they are uh, a 10-1 team coming in. Some of the names you're going to see here, uh, D.C.'s quarterback is Jordan Te'amu. You talk about second chances. This is the kid that was at, uh, if you remember, he's Hawaiian. He went to Ole Miss in college, and Te'amu's been all over the place. He was with St. Louis in the XFL in 2020. He's been on other spring teams. Uh, He had multiple shots in the NFL just trying to make – get on practice squads and stuff like that, 25 years old, still trying to fight for an opportunity. He's the D.C. quarterback. Also, a a name you'll know, especially if you're a Baylor fan, Abram Smith. Remember that dude from a couple years ago? Converted from, I think, a linebacker to a running back for Dave Aranda and was a really good contributor on their team. He's good for D.C. as a running back. He'll be a part of the championship game. Uh, And the other guy who's looking for an opportunity will lead us back to, if you're a Longhorn fan, maybe one of your favorite Aggie jokes from the last 10 years. So does everybody remember when Jimbo Fisher became the coach at A&M and they gave him a national championship plaque that was blank? 
Does everybody remember that one? Yikes. They all got together. They said, welcome, coach. And they gave him a plaque that said, national champion 2000 dash dash. And they took a picture of it. They sent it out on social media. And understandably, everyone else in college football made fun of them for it. Because that's dumb. But to get back to this XFL game, there was a reason the plaque was made, Zay. It's because that same day they gave an actual national championship plaque to the coach of AM Commerce. They won their national championship. It was would have been D2 at the time, I yeah, think. Yeah, D2. D2 or D3. They won their national championship, and their quarterback was a guy named Luis Perez. And Luis is the quarterback of Arlington now. He has been well-traveled. He is spring football guy. He was in Birmingham in a league. He's been on a USFL team. But he stepped in here with Bob Stoops' group, came in. I think he started in Vegas this year, and they're terrible. Vegas is really bad this year. But he found his way to Arlington. He goes three touchdowns and no interceptions in the last game against Houston. They opened it up a little bit. So they won the national, the D2 national title in 2017, the actual t- an actual title, and they gave the, that coach a plaque. I always wondered how he felt when they then gave Jimbo the fake one. Yeah. The blank one. What yeah, you, that's stupid. You can't give me my love without making today all about Jimbo? the hell are you doing? Yeah, that's whack. So uh, I'll be pulling for multiple reasons. I'll be pulling for Luis Perez and that Arlington team to get it done. That's not until May 13th, so they're doing a, a, a Super Bowl-style thing, take two weeks off. Uh, Alamo Dome, tickets still available, as low as $25 if you're interested. My buddy Rick Sacamano has a son that's addicted to the XFL. So addicted? They, they call me up and they say he's a Ravens fan during the NFL season, and he really fell for this league. He's my daughter's age. He's like 15, 16 years old. And so he said, hey, man, you want to go to the title game? And I said, sure. So we're going to the game. I'm going to go check it out. Alamo Dome. Wow. Isn't that weird? That makes me want to go back to my teenage years. Was I that just naive? Not thinking just, did I like stuff? Like, you, if you're in love with the XFL, man, kid. Right. Because I you love the game. Because when I was 10 years old, I fell in love with the USFL, but that wasn't the same thing. Yeah, they had stars in that league. Because I fell in love with Herschel and Reggie White and Steve Young. Jim Kelly, right? Jim Kelly. So yeah. I can't guarantee you that I would have fallen in love with this level of talent. That's what I'm saying. But I dig that he has. I think that's kind of cool. Like, I'm trying to peek in on it just for these opportunities. I like the vibe that The Rock and Garcia are throwing out about try to be the the be the 54th player. Try to be the every, y'all are all the 54th guy cuz you can't make an NFL roster consistently. We're trying to give you that opportunity. Um and and there's been some decent football played. I'm just glad they're hopefully they can get to the end of the year and keep it going. But we've also got a USFL season that just, just started, started, right? I haven't watched a second of it yet. I saw a it's snippet. It's all packed in there, man. It was on NBC. I saw a snippet when me and my wife were out to eat this weekend. Yep, it is all packed together. Uh, because of my wrestling connections and being a wrestling fan, and it started first, I had to kind of check the XFL out. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, man. I haven't been able to watch every game because there's too much going on. Light bulb. Yes. Dylan Brooks, WWE. Oh, no. Well, I would disagree because apparently he doesn't want to cut promos anymore. He could do it. He could do it. No, he'd say he wouldn't do it. I think he could do it. I think he'd do it now. Are you sure? Because if the other person in the match says something to him, he's got to respond. Yeah. He knows that? Now that it's in 
the script. We're going to coach him? Yeah. Now, now, you know, now he was going NBA, no script. Okay. He kind of do his own thing, even though he got fined. Vince McMahon, even AEW for sure. Let him do that. He could do it all. But I don't know if a team will pick him up. That's, yeah. why, that's why I'm giving him those options. He has the look, clearly, and he had the initial promo, but you got to keep going. you gotta, you got to keep He's it got going. got the body for it. Yeah, but, oh yeah, that slender guy, yeah. pretty stocky. Yeah, that's true. No, be, Dirty, be interesting. I don't know. Uh, we'd have to see how he how he would work in a ring, but that's a decent idea. I like how you're helping him out on the I'm day. Trying. The day we find out he won't be in Yo, Memphis. I'm trying. I would go to WrestleMania so fast if the main event was Draymond Green versus Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Take all my money, WWE. Uh, that's yeah. See, that's one you won't see because Vince Vince and the crowd they want to make sure there's at least one person in those matches that can help that guy out. They're not going to put two of them in the same match. What do you mean? Rodman, Carmelo? What's the difference? That was a tag match. Oh, that's right. It was Hogan, Diamond Dallas Page. That's right. Got to have somebody to help out. Yeah, they needed help. Yeah, you got to have somebody to help them out. And show them off. I mean, you have to somebody to make them look good. Yeah. Like Logan Paul this year. He came out looking like a million bucks because Seth Rollins was in there with him to make him look good. The Miz did a great job for Logan and Bad Bunny recently. The Miz made both those guys look good. That's kind. Of, that's kind of part of it. You got to put the. Got to put them over. I'm trying to think who would that be. I don't know. I don't know. Either. I don't really know. Yeah, there's there's some interesting uh, Brock Lesnar or something. You know what? <laughs> For you AEW fans, here's the flash that just went through my brain. What about Dylan Brooks against Swerve Strickland? That'd be an interesting matchup. I feel like the bo- I feel like the body styles are the same there. Athletic, great attitude. Swerve could do all the promoing needed. And he could definitely help Dylan on along with that. Oh, that's brought a lightweight. And then he'd help him with the, he could help him with the uh, with the promos. That could work. That could, oh, them brothers like heavyweight brothers. We it's might my first, need, you know, Samoa Joe. We might need some stockiness. It's my first idea. Ooh, careful throwing him in there with Samoa Joe. <laughs> careful now. Maybe I just want to see Dylan Brooks get absolutely body slammed. Maybe that's just Joe it. would make him look good. He would. Joe would tear him up while he was making him look good. That's he'd fine. Make, he'd make him look good. He needs to be humble. Yeah. All right, 1 o'clock hour coming up. Let's talk some basketball. Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com. We'll talk some Texas men's hoops, talk some NBA draft, uh, and get his thoughts on the good and the bad lately for that Texas men's team. Then in the flex segment, we'll tell you about the baseball playoffs and a big matchup locally. Plus, uh, they are lifting out in Liberty Hill. We'll tell you where you can see those videos coming up on the Horn.